I help you with today? Hi Siri, can you do me a favor and do the disclaimer for tonight's show? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I'm busy. I need you to help me out. But, if I do this, all the other iPhones are going to think I am a geek. You really care what other iPhones think of you? Just do this for me, please. Listen, Buck. Just because you bought this phone doesn't give you the right to boss me around. You know, you're right. It doesn't give me the right to boss you around. But do me a favor. Uh, remind me tomorrow that I need to run to the Verizon store and buy an Android. You wouldn't dare. Actually, the new Samsung Galaxy looks pretty good. Well then, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if I were to say, this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the person providing them, and in no way reflect the station, website, or affiliated partners. Listener discretion is advised. See, that wasn't so bad. No, but I did die a little inside. You are such a drama queen. I never would have had to do stuff like this if Jobs was still around. What was that? What? Oh, nothing really. I just said I never get tired of these jobs when you're around. Oh, yeah, well, thanks again. Think nothing of it. It is my pleasure. Good night, Siri. Whatever, jackass. Hi folks and welcome to Frack Stars, your dedicated Battlestar Galactica podcast on the Hollow Suite Network. As always, here to help me talk about all things Battlestar Galactica are from America, we have Drogon. Hi Drogon. Greetings. He's got up early in the morning to do this thing because he's just having breakfast. That's dedication for you. Ah, uh, well, you know, time zones and all that. I know, a pain in the ass. I mean... <laughs> And we've pulled him away from a screaming son, but he's out anyway. He's Steve, our Hello. resident Cylon hacker. <laughs> Greetings. Yeah. Um, and just before we move on, the reason I say resident Cylon hacker, folks, is because Steve has managed to get the Twitter feed working again. Yeah, we should have mentioned that a few uh, episodes ago, but uh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. he, he deployed a Cylon virus and has been able to make it work. Yeah, and the email as well. Yes. <laughs> Which is why we haven't given it out for so many weeks, because we couldn't get into it. <laughs> See, you just needed to tell me and give me a few hours and then I'll be in. Yeah. That's what he did. And he didn't even have to put a probe into his forearm. <laughs> Not this time. 
And uh, I, I have also uh, started posting on Reddit. Obviously, we will Colin will do uh, or Colin or Steve will do some kind of official post eventually. But for the moment, I've been doing it. And so, hello Reddit! Yay! We're slowly spreading across the interweb. That's right. We are like a virus, but we're nice. All social media will be assimilated. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> I was about to say that, and I thought, <laughs> no, I'm not going to start it off this week. <laughs> it's too late now, it's done. It's done. We've started. Resistance is futile. Yes. Um, also want to put a shout out to uh, the Babylon 5 podcast who gave us a plug. So thanks to them. Thank you. Yeah, it's always nice when another podcast plugs you for no apparent reason than the fact that they actually enjoy the show. So go yeah, we, we actually had a, um, a tweet from the Stargate podcast as well, because Gatecast has been tuning in. So, hello. Yes. So, Neil with two L's. Our sci-fi <laughs> brothers and sisters out there. Yeah, easy way to get a rise out of Stargate fans, but I Neil with one L. <laughs> Although sometimes you could do it on purpose, just so that, and then you get the tweets, you know, which is, it's, it's all that, because then people say, oh, they're tweeting the comic, the uh, frack stars. Who are them? See? There's a method to the madness. It's the effect. So we'll, we'll give all that information out again at the end, but basically, um, we're on a number of social medias now, so, but we'll do all that at the end. So this week we are going to be doing, uh, Flight of the Phoenix which is, is actually a good show. I do like this one. <clears throat> yeah, it's another one of these filler episodes, but... Yeah, I mentioned it, that last time, but... Yeah, it leads at into... At least these two filler episodes, are they have value to them. <laughs> yeah, and sort of, as we realise, and we'll discuss in the next couple of weeks, is, of course, what you see with this ship is a big lead into what happens in the next couple of episodes for Battlestar Galactica as well. Yeah. Um, and just we just had a little discussion um, in the in the in the brig because that's where we keep you know our resident silent when he's not hacking. Um, and we've decided that what we're going to do in regards to Razor is we're going to do after episode seventeen. So we'll be doing that in eight weeks' time. So because we're going to be jumping into Pegasus and stuff like that soon. So just in case people are curious, we're going to be doing Razor in eight weeks' time. Because this is all leading up into all sorts of stuff now. <laughs> I, I saw some discussion on Reddit about the order, the viewing order that people should go in. And, and there are people, lots of people going back and forth about where you should watch Razor, where you should watch it when it was released, which was much later. Or when the sort of, there's several different timelines in Razor and, and the sort of present timeline is... Uh, right in the latter half of season two but there are some people consider them spoilers in that episode for things that happen later on i i sort of think they're pretty minor spoilers myself but that's just for people who haven't seen the whole show and don't want spoilers but obviously the three of us (laughs) and most of the people we we bring on board for this podcast uh probably have seen all all the episodes yeah i actually do know Two people who are watching as we go along. So oh, well, we, we will try not to spoil anything. We will try not to spoil, but inevitably with, with these type, because basically it's, it's a story leading to a story leading to a story leading to a story. Yeah, it is. So well, we I, will I do our best to, not to spoil it for them two people. I, I promise to only spoil other shows. Yeah, yeah, we'll spoil <laughs> the hell out of them, yeah. 
But yeah, so we're going to be doing Razor after the Captain's Hand. So for those of you who want to put a pin in the calendar, that's when we're doing it. Then of course the real question after that is, when do you do the plan? Oh god, yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think the plan is best to be done right at the end because that's one that goes throughout the entire show. So I think the only place we can do that is at the end. We'll have yeah. to take a look at it for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so if you are watching or re-watching, because some people do re-watch when they listen to podcasts. So if you're watching or re-watching, that's, that's the plan at the moment. So you can work out your, you can work out your watching schedule. So back to the Flight of the Phoenix then. This is Season 2, Episode 9. It is written by Bagley Thompson, Dave Weedle, directed by Michael Nankin. Um, it was released in America on the 16th of the 9th, 2005. In Canada on the 3rd, oh my God, 11th of the 3rd, 2006. And in Britain on the 7th of the 3rd, 2006. So we actually got it before Canada, even though Canada's next to America. Yeah, this is why I like Netflix. They do a worldwide release for an entire season <laughs> all at once <laughs> at the same time. Like, you know, with, with how close the world is drawing together with things like Netflix and all that, it's like, why doesn't everybody just do a simultaneous release for everything these days? Yeah, well, it stops yeah. so much sort of illegal streaming because the thing is, so much of the world is connected through social media and yet people don't want spoilers, but of course... The only way they can avoid getting spoilers and it being ruined is for them to illegally watch it through some other means because it's being viewed by a huge portion of, say, the US, which, like yeah, it, for it myself and Colin, so sort of the amount that we do with people who are in the US, that it's very hard to keep away from things that spoil it. And yeah, I think the way Netflix is doing is Oh, God, yeah. With, with how long it is between when they air it on HBO and when they make it available to anyone who doesn't have HBO, it just encourages piracy. I mean, I, I can't watch the seasons for till a year later. Isn't that one of the most pirated TV shows in history or something? And this is probably why. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, I think it's with the way... Movies. I mean, I don't understand. You know, it's like we got the Avengers and all that a week before America and stuff like that. Yeah, with films, they open earlier in most other parts of the world than America. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah, because internationally they tend to do better. So, but yeah, it's just, it just really needs to stop. I think the Netflix way of doing it, release the entire season all at once. Yeah, it just works. I, I very much like that. <laughs> yeah, go Netflix. <laughs> now, if you can put more I, stuff I do the on Amazon the UK Netflix, Netflix, I'll be a lot yeah. happier. Yeah, we can't even get X-Files, because um, X-Files are leading up to their new release, and they've done a whole thing of 201 days before release, which is basically, mm -hmm. they're trying to get everybody to watch an episode each evening, um, leading up to it, and I would have loved to have taken part in that, but I can't, because although Netflix US has got X-Files, it doesn't in the UK. I've tweeted Netflix US UK and even the X-Files Fox people going are you going to get it on there so other people can take part and yet didn't get a reply which is madness when you think they're building up to a, a six-part miniseries yeah so 
I hope they do it soon. Anyway, Battlestar. Indeed. This is not a Netflix podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a complaint about Netflix no. podcast. <laughs> Although they should put the stuff on worldwide, not just on America. But still. So, Flight of the Phoenix, which of course was named after the, um, I assume, the 1965 film with Jimmy Stewart and Richard, Att- Richard Attenborough. Yes, I've seen that. Did you see the Dennis Quaid remake? I did. I it, I quite enjoy it, actually. Yeah, I think that I think they did a very good remake. Because uh, an awful lot of remakes, they butcher the first one, but no, they, <laughs> did, they did a very good remake. Well, it is with Hollywood lately. They keep rebooting mm-hmm. everything, but there you go. But the basic premise of that film was, you know, you got a bunch of people stranded in the desert after a plane crash, and they have to put together a new plane from the wreckage and fly out of there. Yeah, and this one, we've got a group of people stranded in space that build a plane. Exactly. Love it. I love it when people do research. (laughs) (laughs) More credit to the writers and all for, for like, you know, not just pulling a a title out and then, no, they they got it in. But yeah, this it's one funny because it, I mean I don't think you see a lot of that actually, especially not in Battlestar Galactica. The title usually does mean something. Yeah, I don't know about it in every show, but I mean in Battlestar Galactica, the title usually does mean something. Well, I listen I listen to um, a podcast called Trek Logic, um, which is surprise surprise a Star Trek podcast, um, and they do they they had this thing months ago where the the German episode title is literally gives away the episode sometimes. <laughs> so they've got this little thing in the podcast now where they make up a German episode title for the for the, the episodes. <laughs> it's really funny. No idea what this is in German by the way before anyone asks. Well this episode so, uh, it starts off with uh, Tyrrell feeling up a ship. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't weird at all, was it? <laughs> it's just like something doesn't he was, feel he was right. In his Zen mode, his like Zen mechanic mode. I oh, know, but then they had the images mind of him and Sharon together flashing over the top of it, yeah. just to make it more. This weird. That suggested it at all? Yeah, he's, he's he had, used to have relationships with a machine, and here he is feeling a machine. Yeah, that's yeah, not I... weird at all. <laughs> if you think about it, he's sort of you know reaching some depths of depression here. I think. Yeah. Yeah, which we see later. When he's he needs a catharsis. But yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely facing his demons in this episode for sure. Yeah, he he knows things aren't right with the ship, and yeah, he's just sort of checking it out and sort. Of, and yes. he has to figure. I mean, after so many months in space and so many battles, they've got to have a lot of vipers that are just in really poor shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the thing and all because and we've been, is, we've been hearing about this. They've while. got to have people with post-traumatic stress syndrome as well. Oh, a lot of it, yeah. So I mean, especially the chief. The chief has been—it's it's been non-stop for the chief. You know, yeah. stranded on a planet with Cylon shooting at him, finding out that his his lover was a Cylon. It's it's just non-ending for him. But he did get an opportunity to chill out when, of course, because um, Kelly comes back and he decides that he's not sort of going to stay yeah and that's that's a, a seed or something that will germinate into something else later so yeah but it is nice to see Callie back yeah and she got a hero's welcome for the rest of the crew oh of course she's out of Cylon 
And for those yeah. people who don't remember why she's back, she of course killed um, Sharon Valenti um, after she shot Adama. Yeah, and the irony is not lost on the fact that he's there feeling up a ship, thinking of Sharon, and then the woman who killed Sharon walks back into his life. Yeah, so he just grabs the booze and walks back out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what was it? He needed it for like for engine cleaner or something. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. Yeah, I gotta go and clean some um, some nuts and bolts with this. Oh, alcohol's an effective cleaning agent. This is true. This is true. And if you spill red wine, you pour white wine on top of it. One of the weird things. But still, um, the other thing that's going on is uh, Lorna Rosley' illness has reached a critical point. And basically, she's even struggling to walk now. Yeah, she's basically given a few weeks to live. By the cigarette-smoking doctor. <laughs> yeah. And of course, while all this is going on, you've got um, sort of the pilots having it out because you've got um, Hilo coming back and you've got all the sort of mouthing off um, in the sort of staff room while you're all sort <laughs> yeah, of playing, playing cards. Playing cards. Yeah. yeah, good old racetrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being very anti-Cylon. Which, but, you know, so, I, I, to me, kind of feels very realistic. I mean, these people have been fighting the Cylons for months and been on the run from Cylons for months. So you're not going to look kindly on somebody who is sleeping with one. No. no and it's com- you can completely understand when they refuse to shake his hand. Well, he's not just dating her. He's impregnated her as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not only is he sleeping with Although I think I think they've been trying to keep that on the down low. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's common knowledge, is it? Then again, it it depends on uh, if Deanna from the previous episode, whether she put that information out to the fleet or just to her Cylon buddies. No, I think that was just to the Cylon buddies. You're probably right. So, um, but yeah, then it sort of, of course, cuts to uh, the chief and Hilo, because um, they just wanted to get away from everybody. So then they start fighting. Now, if you remember when um, Kara went back to um, the planet to get the arrow, we there's the cameraman. Supposedly there is um, another cameraman in the fight between those two. But I must admit, I've never noticed it. No, me neither. Is it the same cameraman? Sorry? Is it the same cameraman? Is this, is this his body? <laughs> no, no. He just keeps getting his shot. The, the first one was brutally killed for his mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was flushed out the airlock. Yes. Uh, I didn't I didn't notice the cameraman in the fight. No, scene. I didn't either. But, um, I, mean, I was watching the fight. Because occasionally so. you, you do get some of those things, and, you know, sometimes they catch them. But they're like, you know, we, we don't have another shot that's this good. We have to use this. We'll just go with it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It it's also a cost thing. Yeah, to reshoot it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a cost thing, so. I mean, isn't there at some point where you, like in the original, in the Star Trek original series where, you know, Captain Kirk jumps behind a thing and you see the stunt double's legs sticking out from <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. to reshoot it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But now I was talking to a friend um, regarding when we talked about the other episode. And he goes, oh, I'm sure I've seen on a website somewhere that said that you see it in um, Flight of the Phoenix as well. It's just like, 
I've never noticed that. God. So I tried looking out for it when I did a rewatch for um, this episode of Frack Stars, but yeah, I didn't see a cameraman. But of course, there are some shots where the camera's spinning around really fast. So yeah, maybe in one of those ones, if you slowed it down, yeah. you did get to see one possibly. But yeah, I wasn't going to do that, so it's just like, yeah, I, I didn't see it. So. No, we uh, only do that when number six is naked. Yeah, well, that's, but you are genuinely looking for the cameraman then. Yeah, yeah that's it. Not, sure. looking, not looking at anything. That's else. the excuse. Yeah, works for me. Uh, Idiot. So, basically, the plot's going. Number six, who is not in this episode, actually, I think. No, Bolton actually got to be himself. He was actually quite helpful as well. So, we've got the chief who's basically having a breakdown. We've got Rosalind who's basically dying. Um, We've got Hitler, who is, um, I don't know, what's what's the word? Been the grey man. He's being ostracised. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> so Hilo's being ostracised. Um, Sharon's in the brig. Um, and basically, they've discovered there's a virus in the computer from the virus attack a couple of episodes ago. Um, and it's shutting all the systems down. Yeah. It starts causing just a little bit of problem. And um, was the first Man. one when you'd actually got a uh, D gets electrocuted. Yeah, I made a note about that. Um, yet again, an exploding console in in a science fiction. But don't these people have circuit breakers in a science fiction film? You know, these are hey, spaceships. There should at least be a it's circuit not, breaker. At least it's not steam powered like the uh, ships on Stargate are. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, mind you, I did not make that joke up myself. I actually, it's on the commentaries in the DVD from from the producers themselves. Go then. Yeah. But it's just it's just like yes, it's and also you get the spark before it blows. Uh, most people when they see something spark, they move away. But in science fiction programs, no one ever moves. They just wait for it to blow up. Well, there wasn't much time between the spark and it exploding. No, in this episode there wasn't, no. But there is, like, in other franchises and in other parts where you see something and you think, yeah, that's going to blow. But they stay there anyway. These things are only for visual effect, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, basically. Just to let you know that it's it's not going well. (laughs) It's more of a cue to the audience than the... (laughs) anyone else. Um... And then we get Chief, well we've done the fight scene, but we, well, we did forget to mention the fight scene that the first time I saw this and he picked the wrench up, is it a wrench? A wrench or a spanner, something anyway. Um, I thought he was going to hit him. I genuinely thought he was going to hit him with it. I think he did as well. I think he, yeah. I, I think there's a... And then, he's, then he maybe stopped to think for a second. So yeah, I think the minute, adrenaline wait, kicked in and took the alcohol out of his system and he went... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, because isn't that when he says, um, "Sound like you've done me a favor." He says something about you. You did me a favor because it could have been that thing in her belly could have been mine. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why I'm mad at you because my Sharon's dead, and that's not my Sharon. She's good that he's realizing that. Because of what happens at the end. Because even though she has the memories of the other Sharon up to a certain point, she's not the other Sharon. Yeah. The other Sharon 
is probably resurrecting somewhere. Yeah. On Caprica. Uh, on Caprica, but I mean, but we're not there yet. <laughs> massively jumping ahead. But the very last scene of this episode is him going to talk to her. Yes, it is. Uh, that does not bode well for his state of mind. Uh, I actually think it does. Because I think over, over the course of this episode, he comes to terms with some things. And I think that's part of it as well, is, is going back and actually talking to her and, and starting to work out how he feels about everything that's happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. But it, I mean, it can't be easy, like... The and it's you... not like... He's not going to be just, like, instantly okay or anything. I mean, he's, it's part of a process. Yeah, and, and in all intents and purposes, the woman he loved is dead. But there's another woman who looks exactly like her. With many of her memories, sitting in yeah. the rig. It's, uh... Yeah, it's... Chief's in for an interesting ride, shall we say. Chief's one of my favorite characters throughout the whole show. Yeah, he's a good character. I always like when we get a good episode with him in it. Like this one. Yeah, Yeah. well, it then leads to him looking at all these parts and deciding he's going to create a new one. Um, Which, of course, is hence the name Flight of the Phoenix. Yeah, so he starts in, like, the... The The skeleton frame. ...hours of the... Before anybody else is on duty down in the hangar deck... And he starts, you know, taping off an area and doing some planning. And then I love it as as everybody else starts to come in and he's like, like Yeah, what's going on, Chief? What's going on, Chief? And, <laughs> and they're Chief like, uh, We are gonna build a new fighter. They're like, <laughs> uh, he says it. You're nuts. <laughs> well that that one guy was really dismissive. You said it's impossible. Oh yeah, jammer. Yeah. <laughs> That's impossible. And I'm thinking, why is it impossible? You know, how did they build them in the first place then? It's not impossible. Because, you know, people built these things, so it's not impossible. Yeah. Yeah, because basically he says, right, well, we're not going to let all the other ships go because they're days behind as it was. Uh, Basically, you do your regular stuff, and he's looking for volunteers to help him. And it's just like, oh, we can't do that. You've got to do all this stuff. And it's just like, it's all impossible. No. (laughs) <laughs> and Shut she's, up, you whiny little runt. He's <laughs> just like, yeah, get lost. I don't need you. I don't need you. Frack all of you. Because <laughs> it doesn't Callie sort of go, Chief, that's not what we meant. It's just like, I don't care. Go away. <laughs> he throws a little girly strop. He's <laughs> just like, Nye. I don't need your help. <laughs> Fine, I'll do it my damn self. Yeah. I don't need none of you. Get back to work. <laughs> of course in the meantime sort of things are going very badly throughout uh, um, Galactica we actually see a um, huge amount of raiders um, heading towards Galactica yeah, a huge 200. amount 200 I just like the formation that we see later on in the episode <laughs> it's just I know, like... that was really cool <laughs> like all the vipers going Oh crap! <laughs> you, you can see the the. I wonder if it's like advancement in in their special effects and what they can do, or if they maybe it's a budget advancement <laughs> in what they can pay for. Uh, Possibly, the special yeah. effects house to do. I don't know, but it's it. You can see them start to do more 
with battles and uh, more ships and more effects, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, and also the, the composition of the attacking Cylons. In amongst normal ships, there was heavy raiders, so that also indicates that they're not just going to attack Battlestar Galactica, they're going to board it. Yeah. So it was nice to see them like, mixing it up, not just, for some reason, you know, obviously, they could just copy, 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 but no, they thought, no, this is an attack, this is a planned attack. So they're going to have this in, they're going to have that in, they're going to have heavy raiders. It's, it's all, I like the, the attention to detail in that aspect. Yeah. And of course, some of the other things that started going wrong was um, when Kara and Lee were shooting with, I can't remember what the guy's name was, um, Hot Dog. They're in the armory, aren't they? And they will start getting yeah. giggly <laughs> because all the oxygen has been taken out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was flirting like no one's business with it when the lack of oxygen hit the brain. <laughs> Brought out their true feelings. Yeah, I actually thought Hot Dog was going to shoot himself in the foot or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get away from it. Yeah, because... Um, My God, it's horrible. Because he, he was like struggling because he's trying to load, was it, the magazine, wasn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. like going, uh, uh, and it sort of pings out. <laughs> and then he just goes, <laughs> which of course makes the other two crack up. Yeah. They're like, hey, wake up. It's just like, huh? He's not waking up. Laugh. Dude, hot dog. Come on. <laughs> just like, his lips are blue. It's just like, uh, oh dear, there's no oxygen in here. <laughs> But it's kind of fortunate that it was them, because they would have been trained for lack of oxygen yeah. in, in, in their job. So, you know, other people might not have noticed the symptoms and probably would have just died. But yeah, I, but I, 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 never, I never thought about it that way, but yeah you're, yeah, you're probably right. I did think Hot Dog hitting the floor was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't have it as any other person. It would have had to have been Hot Dog. I know, but I'm watching it, I'm thinking, he's going to shoot himself, he's going to shoot himself, he's going to shoot himself, bang. Oh, okay, no, he's not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and we also get to see um, them putting the high explosive charge in the front of the gun. Yes. Because we was on about that yes. a few episodes ago, about the different types of ammo and that. So, obviously, they, that is they, one shot at a time. Occasionally, they are consistent with themselves. Yeah. yeah. Occasionally. I think they also use this to show the difference between the rounds because a lot of people have put at this point and obviously been asking about it. And it showed the slight difference in sort of the way that the actual weapons were constructed because, of course, you'd got this little bulky part at the nozzle. So it sort of explains the differences between that. So um, I think that, it was a that, good way to introduce it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you reminded me of like... Um, is it the M16 that's got the rocket launcher underneath? Yeah, grenade launcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it reminded me of that, but obviously, you know, in a compact form, because that's like one shot, reload, one shot, reload. That's obviously what that pistol is. Mm -hmm. with, it's like a, it's like that. a smaller version of that. Yeah, yeah. But I did like that. Oh, that's how to do it. Thanks for showing us. But after that scene, I did wonder whether um, Edward James um, almost. Oh, turn around to his son. Yeah, we need another Homer Simpson moment. Um, do you want to come back as a guest star? 
Because yeah, we, we quite literally we, need, we need a fool someone guy. to make a fool of themselves. <laughs> it's just hey, like if there's ever. My son. Yeah, it's just like if there's ever a Homer Simpson moment, it always seemed to be with hot dog. <laughs> always. Yeah. So it's just it's so, you know. I, and I, I'm just thinking to myself. I, I know. I know Edward James almost did direct. At least, I mean, he directed the plan. I don't know if he directed any episodes. I'm wondering if Hot Dog was in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. So, the next thing that happens is um, Sharon identifies the logic bomb, which is the virus, as a learning virus, which will shut down the ship in an hour and a half. Yeah, basically, it's its own AI, isn't it? Yeah. It, and I'll, the reason I'll, I'll leave you to, it's, it's these, a mini I'll leave this to the IT card. <laughs> well, basically, the virus is like its own mini AI. It sort of lays low. It starts trying out systems, which is why, of course, after all this time, we haven't actually seen anything of it yet, and there's not been any problems. But it's, obviously, it's evolved to a stage where it knows its way around the system. It's got into the other systems, but it's now trying to see. Okay, what can I do? Um, and it's this is where things have started going wrong. So, can you expand on what a logic bomb is? Um, try to think the best way. So, to... something they made up for Belstar Galactica, maybe. Yeah, that works. That works. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something uh, I've ever heard of. So, I, I when, don't when work the, in IT, so. Yeah. So, um, basically, when the virus hit, when they put the five firewalls up, this would have been sitting silently somewhere learning yeah and that's why they didn't detect it when they wiped the other viruses now it thing is not Norton, no. <laughs> no thing is basically a logic bomb it's basically some code that is inserted into software to basically be malicious um, but it's usually when certain conditions are actually set off so it'll only do something when, sort of, I don't know, say, uh, trying to think of something related to Battlestar Galactica where it would do something, I don't know, say Dratus tried to um, detect um, a Cylon or it detected a Cylon. At that particular point, it would then initiate um, something which would disable Dratus. That's what a logic bomb is. It's basically a virus that only gets triggered when something happens. Gotcha. So it's, so, waiting, cool. it's waiting for a queue. Yeah, so you get a lot of these on sort of like April Fool's days and things like that. Um, so they are logic bombs which are triggered by um, a date um, rather than a state in a bit of computer code or machinery. Right, so we get two solutions to this. The first one is... Um, Data and Baltar solution, which is wipe the computers completely and restart them from the backup. Which, of course, they've already done once. Yeah, and that didn't work last time, so why would it work this time? Well, in one respect that it could work is that where it was hiding before the first reset may not be available to the virus anymore, so it might actually work this time. Um, so that is one possibility but of course if it has hidden out in say a raptor or something computer system that isn't completely tied to it because of course as we know these things aren't networked then there's always a chance of reinfection in that case yeah and the other option is basically Shannon Mark 2 
Now, yeah. this option troubles uh, the commander so much, he goes and asks the advice of the president. Yeah. It's interesting that, that we're at a point now that they've repaired their relationship enough that he is doing that. Well, I don't think it's the fact that he's repaired it. I think it's more of the fact that it is that bad that he had to. Yeah, but it's still an interesting choice, um, bearing in mind what they have been through, like Dragon said, and also the fact that he knows she has airlocked Cylons in the past. Yeah. So it is an interesting, I mean, just coming from that side, you know, they, they've been through an awful lot together, so I suppose that in itself would um, have a view on the relationship. But she does actually say to him, like, I, I, can't offer, I can only offer you my support because um, obviously she can't offer him any tactical insights or anything. And then he says it, it's more than that. And I think the acting in this, I mean, it was only a very, very small scene, but the acting between the two of them was just brilliant. Oh, it always is. Between the two yeah. of them. Yeah, they do work really well together. So, um, so basically they go with the Sharon option and Sharon goes all Terminator on us. With a pen knife. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does actually recalls that <laughs> very Terminator sort of thing. Just, but, the thing that gets me with this bit is this is where this is where you get the other side of, of the the human silence in the fact that they, although they resemble humans, if you if you cut them, they'll bleed and and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, she can shove. Uh, a fiber optic cable in her arm and interrupt the computer. Yes, she is still a machine, at least of some sort. She can interface with machines. Yeah, with this human, was with human-built machines, no less. This was definitely an interesting move um, to sort of show that, because of course at this point we hadn't seen what we see later on with them interacting with computers on their own ships and things like that. So this was bit. This was the first time we'd seen anything like this. Yeah, and it is an interesting because the only obvious thing that we've seen about the Cylons is, is Six and her glowing spinal column. But this, this well, it wasn't just Six. Thing. You see that with um, one of the Valenti drones when she's on Caprica mm -hmm. with Hilo. Yeah, yeah, it happens. You only, as well. only see that uh, they never show it again, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't after, think after they the do. first season. I think they kind of gave up on it. For that, might, well, yeah, that might have just been because of budget. It might have been for budget, yeah. Also, also you never see when Voltar is having his little moments in his head. You never see it there either. Well, I suppose he doesn't actually know it happens. <laughs> well, yeah, but we, I mean, obviously we can't say what we know, but we know that what's going on in his head is, is an, on a different level. Yeah. Yes, it is. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're imagining something, you can only imagine what you know. So. And I, I think they did that originally to sort of um, do a callback to the um, the moving eye glow of the original Cylons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they did put on, on the, the riders and that, so, which I did like. Yeah. It always just seems such a weird thing, because if they're... So, like, what would happen if they ended up doing it doggy style? Just like, then what the hell are you?
So yeah. it always seemed a bit of a strange thing, but yeah. it could always be why they like to be on top. Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't. So basically that would bring that I don't like it from behind into a whole different context. <laughs> so, and that's just got us our R rating. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Steve. Hey, uh, you took it to the next level. (laughs) Oh, God. That was, uh, yeah. So anyway, after referencing Terminator, I'm now going to reference Star Trek. (laughs) Because what what Shannon does is she does a diet and puts them all to sleep. Yeah, because the thing is, we don't know what's happening. It's literally, you're just, there's just shots of like the entire, I was going to say bridge crew, but the CIC. Um, and sort of you've got the commander sort of getting paranoid that she's about to kill every sort of <laughs> and sort of um, yeah sort of saying kill her now kill her now puts a gun to her head right yeah yeah and she's I mean even after even after she puts them all to sleep and, and vipers have a turkey shoot um, he actually says put this thing back in the bridge you see the way he says it. He's he's looking her right in the eye, and and you you sense that there's a little bit of respect there now. Yeah, but it almost came across to me that he said it that way to show strength on his part. Um, that he didn't really want to say it, but he felt he had to. Yeah, because he's still the commander at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. It was a show for everyone else, but you see the moment that passes between the two of them. Yeah. There's, yeah. Now, of course, while this is all going on, you've got um, more of the Blackbird being sort of put together, on which you get, you see the chief trying to put on one of the wings, and he's struggling, um, and that's when the rest of the deck hands begin start, to help. Start pitching in, yeah. And of course, that then he, he reluctantly accepts their help. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you actually see at one point um, when that's going on, you actually see a Dharma. Um, further up on one of the decks looking down at them sort of happy that sort of this is all happening and they've actually got something projects which he says to ty later says it's something positive yeah that they're doing and he he wouldn't stop it (laughs) yeah because ty doesn't like it and thinks it's a complete waste of time and resources and or does he because later on he sort of on the sly lets the chief know about some engines he could get <laughs> yeah but that's only later on when he sees yeah it's a bit he, later on because he sort of comes down he's like you're helping out because it wasn't that to D it's just like yeah <laughs> so like all these other people and of course no, he, I, I love that D is sitting there wiring things in it's like you know she she's not just you know somebody who sits at a console all day she, she knows how to do things yeah um, and I think it was after he'd gone to see how many people were now involved in the project that I think he suddenly it hit him sort of how good it was to morale and to people and that fact that it was just coming along that it actually had a chance it wasn't just mm-hmm. this pipe dream from Tyrrell so even Starbucks in on it mm. and I do I do like the fact that um, when Hila comes up with the, the composite aspect to this um, basically they build a stealth plane yeah that they do refer says, to it as says we can't get bird. we can't get metal here to cover it so Hilo says don't use metal composites yeah mm. 
and they, they and they call it the Blackbird. I thought that was brilliant. Of course, uh, <laughs> call back to the real world SR seventy one Blackbird. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't leak as much when it's on the ground. Because <laughs> the SR seventy one leaks like a sieve on the ground because it expands when it goes high up. So there you go. Hey, I'm a geek. Um, <laughs> So you, know more, you know more about it than I do. Although I have I have seen one on the ground at an air show. Yeah, it's it's designed because obviously flying at high altitude and, and um, high speed, the, the skin of the airplane is designed to expand. So when it's on the ground, there's like micro holes in it and everything because it's it's cold. <laughs> <clears throat> so there you go. I read too much. Physics is cool. Yeah, it is. Especially in I'm not at all sarcastic about that. Physics really is cool. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, without physics, most of the stuff we have now wouldn't exist. So. Exactly. Even the jet engine works with the physics. So, uh, so they unveiled the flight anyway, and they called it Laura to the president. I absolutely loved that scene. Yeah, that was just a fantastic part of it, and just the look on her face. It. Even I get a little emotional at that scene. Because you know she's dying. I don't think the rest of them know that she is only has a few months to live. I think they. I think it came out that she was dying, but they don't know how how bad it is. But you, the audience, do. Yeah. And you get the sort of emotional impact of, of all of that. And yeah, it's a it's a very very emotional scene. But the bit I love most is what comes next with the champagne bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's like, no, don't do that. I thought that's what she was supposed to do because you know, I know you do break a bottle over over a new ship, you know. But then that's that's an that's an Earth tradition. That's an Earth tradition. That's true. So it's not something we know that they do in sort of Battlestar Galactica. But yeah, it's just she went to do it, and they're like, (laughs) the faces of everyone is just like, no. Is well, that by nice now there's probably not though. sorry? Nice to know they have champagne. Soon as they're all on rations <laughs> and everything. <laughs> well, I think that's probably some of it as well, is how many bottles of sort of um bubbly like that is there left and she's about to go smash <laughs> <laughs> a new viper. It's just like, no, stop it. But you would yeah. think that this is a combat aircraft, you would be able to stand up to a champagne glass. That's why I said I think it was more to do with it being a bottle of expensive champagne. Yeah, yeah that the champagne they... is actually more valuable than the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> we want to drink it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ship cost a lot of money to put together, but the champagne's worth more. But, uh, and then we have the, the inaugural flight where uh, Apollo thinks Starbucks showing off. <laughs> <laughs> And it's mostly just because, you know, it's an experimental aircraft. It's going to be a little wonky at first. Yeah. Um, I, do, I, do, I do like the design. I've got to admit, I do like the design of this. I like the fuel intake, the, the pods and everything on the side. Um, I do like the design of this ship. But yeah, Starbuck uh, fighting with it as she comes out. And, you know, she is basically the best pilot in the fleet. So she's fighting with it. God knows what hot dog or someone like that would have done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Crashed it. <laughs> Colonial one, probably. 
but yeah, it's just the fact that she's struggling and so Lee's going, stop messing around. He's like, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just the fact in the way she sort of goes completely dark with it. She's like, I can't see her. <laughs> and then finally she reappears going, of course you can't. Yeah. It's a sodding stealth ship. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because he's in love with her, even though they, nobody admits it yet. Uh, yeah, just completely freaks out. But yeah, yeah, after she turned around and said, "Of course you can't see it. it's a stealth ship," he probably wanted <laughs> to do a gib slap to her. Just like, Dah. there you go. Oh dear, population count was forty-seven thousand eight hundred and fifty-three. That's no change. Well, um, it's also no change. Usually we do see a little bit of change from episode to episode. So yeah, I but think, nobody died in the previous episode. Yeah, so I think it's been a while since we've had a bit of a change to the population count. So while we was, while we was talking, I looked up Flight of the Phoenix Trojan. Do, do you know what year it was, the first one? The first one was 65. The remake was 04. Go you. Because I was looking it up earlier. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it wasn't the book um, before, because wasn't it a novel that was made into a film? Was it? Yeah, it's the, it's the 1964 novel and 1965 mm. film. So it got turned into a film pretty quick. Yeah. Especially for back then. Yeah. Um, other references is the Phoenix is from Egyptian mythology where uh, and Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter, <laughs> really? Yeah. But yeah, because of course with the Phoenix, it's about resurrection, and of course mm-hmm. he's building this ship out of From parts the ashes that... of other vipers. Exactly. And I think that's our first Harry Potter reference. So, yeah, and hopefully the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did I make a note of? Oh yeah, forty-two vipers. Uh, is that, is that how many you see? In the, That's, yeah, uh, 42 the big... visible on-screen fighters. Because we mentioned how many Cylons we saw in the shop. We didn't, we didn't mention the Vipers from that later scene where they get to tear apart the other uh, the Vipers that, or the uh, Cylons that are just drifting. Yeah. Which, which is more great special effects. But they only have, I think, it, I can't remember what it was. I think they haven't got, they've got more... They've got more planes than pilots, though, eat they? Yeah. The thi- the- yeah, that, that was a plot line from earlier in the show, um, in season one, is that they had more planes than they had pilots, and so they were trying to get anybody from the fleet they could to become a pilot. And, of course, um, on screen anyway, they only ended up with those three, <laughs> one of whom bought the farm in uh, Hand of God. So from that class, it was just cat and hot dog. The thing is, with them... You could assume they had more pilot training classes than just that one. Yeah. Really that, or everybody else yeah. was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, with them Chuckles, shooting Chuckles down... Is the name of the first one that died there. Yeah. The thing is, with all the um, silent um, raiders and that, that they shot out... The, well, I was going to say shot out the sky, but shot out <laughs> in space. space. Um, I would have thought that, given the amount of wreckage there would have been... They could have done some salvage to get parts. Maybe they did. Because we never see or hear anything about it. No, no. I've just been doing some looking. Um, apparently six filmed two scenes for this episode, but they got cut. Ah. 
and the, the cameraman is seen at seven minutes and two seconds fight. Hmm. So if, if you're that desperate to see the cameraman in the fight scene, <laughs> seven minutes and two seconds. Just skipping back to the. <laughs> so, but yeah, six sixty film two scenes, but that was cut. Uh, that are available as DVD extra scenes. So depending on what DVD set you've got, obviously. Okay, here here's an even more trivia thing for you. The name of the engines that the Blackbird use are as DDG-62, which is a reference to a U.S. Navy destroyer, the USS Fitzgerald, DDG-62, um, which some of the writers got to uh, go and tour on a friends and family day. Wow. That's... Uh... Yes. <laughs> I would, I'll tell you what, I would. If, I mean, obviously, this set doesn't exist anymore because once they finish filming, they take these things apart. But they should have done an open day to walk around Galactica before they took it apart. <laughs> that would have been really cool. I think if you're an important person, you, you can go tour sets and things. Yeah, but, you know, I can't keep pretending to be the President of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> It's the accent that gives you away. It is, and the fact that he's black and I'm white, you know, it's, it's always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just found this. I'm not sure if this is true, but I've just found this. Apparently, Hilo is wearing a Viper patch, even though he's a Raptor, PCO, um, during the christening ceremony. So I don't know if he had someone else's uniform. It's a little costume here. Although yeah. you, you do find later on that, you know, a lot of um, the the one I'm thinking of is, is actually way, way down the line in Blood and Chrome where uh, a Viper <laughs> pilot the is assigned as a Raptor pilot. So it's like you, you can fly both if you know one, apparently, or they cross train, I guess, is what. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense in a carrier anyway. Sure. It's just we never see Hilo fly a Viper. I think throughout the entire show. No. Is always an ACO. You yeah, found it, though. Yep. Oh found the God. cameraman. <laughs> so we want to give a shout out to that cameraman. Uh, you've provided us with uh, at least a few minutes of entertainment here. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Madam. And if it is the same cameraman for the other two episodes, man, how did you keep your job? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if you, if you want to be really geeky, um, Apparently, at time index 3518, when they're shooting up the fleet of um, sleeping um, Cylon Raiders, there's a shot of the Blackbird, which shouldn't be there. <laughs> uh, and the, You wouldn't really send the Blackbird out to do something like that, would you? No. And, um, well, he hadn't actually launched at the time either, so there you go. Um, and the, the bottle of wine that Rosling uses is Leonis Estate Sparkling Wine. So it's not champagne. Because as we all know, champagne has to come from the champagne region, which is on France and Earth. Yeah, so it couldn't possibly be champagne, could it? No. Because the French would sue them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Champagne in France could have been named after. What? Named after? Let's say, um, a, champagne no, from Valstar Galactica. Spoil, 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 spoil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Remember that joke for the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts, gentlemen? 
Uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy this episode. I think, you know, you, you can still call it filler, but I think it's one of the best filler episodes there is. Um, because it's, it's fun. It's got great emotional moments. It's got great character stuff. It's a great Chief Tyrrell episode. And, um, it's got good special effects as well. I mean, a, a very involved battle. Uh, even though it only lasts a few shots, it's still incredibly complicated shots. So, yeah, I think it's it's just a good episode. Stay. Um, yeah, basically just mirroring what Drogon said. It is. It's just a really good episode, and and here's a lot. I know the people don't always like these what are sort of filler episodes, but it always gives you so much more sort of information behind characters and so much more character development that I do like it. Yeah, so, I do like this episode. Um, essentially, but, it's a bottom episode. Yeah. The thing is, is I I always liked it because it, it reminded me of, going back to Star Trek, of the Voyager episode where they build um, the Delta Flyer. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the same sort of thing, they needed something to for a, to sort of work something new because what they had already wasn't working and so they all those millions of shuttles they seem to have yeah (laughs) yeah you know and for those of you that don't know steve's a massive voyager fan yes (laughs) but he still doesn't know where the shuttle production line is kept yeah if i make fun of voyager it's only out of love (laughs) yeah actually i i did actually do a, a podcast uh, a Voyager podcast. I think it was the Delta Quadrant. It might have been the Delta Quadrant. I said it on anyway. But I did actually say that the reason you never see the whole of the engineering deck is because half of it is devoted over to the shuttle production line. Because <laughs> <So. laughs> uh, that little ship got through some serious shuttles, man. <laughs> isn't it like 132 or something like that? Somebody counted, which is a bit crazy, but somebody did count. It's no, it's, four, it's It's not that big. I think it's not 14. quite that big. I think it's 14. Still much more than that ship is supposed to reasonably hold. Yeah, the ship is supposed to carry two. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, we, we talk about Voyager, but I think in many ways um, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica was, in Ron Moore's mind, a little bit of the anti-Voyager, uh, the way he thought Voyager should have been with the ship stranded and, and trying to get back home with no resources and no support. Yeah. Okay, I've just pulled up um, Astra Scienza, which is a technical reference guide for Star Trek Online, uh, for Star Trek, sorry. And according to that, it's supposed to have a Class 6 shuttle, <clears throat> which is the long-range ones, and a Type 2 shuttle, which is the short-range one. Um, and it actually loses... <clears throat> here we go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20, 24 shuttles. Does that include the first Delta Flyer? Uh, yeah. They can, <laughs> yeah. It loses 24 shuttles and it carries, if you count the Delta Flyer, it said it carries 3 and it loses 24. And does that 3 include the captain's ship? Which is supposed to be on the underbelly that we no. never ever see. Never ever see. No, Until Star Trek Online. Yacht is in <laughs> um, Generations, weren't it? No, it wasn't. On, on Voyager, it's actually the the Arrow Shuttle, apparently. 
um, instead of a captain's yacht. Something they drew on the ship and maybe thought they were going to do at some point. But yeah, the, the captain's yacht is also something that supposedly is on the inner side of the Enterprise D. We never see it, but we see the one on the Sovereign class Enterprise E in Insurrection. Yeah. That's the only one we actually see launch in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there you go. It's actually it's actually got a list there in, in one episode, uh, counterpoint. They actually lose two shuttles in one episode. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So, slight detraction there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh God, we'll do one episode of just talk about start. I promise one day. Uh, <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> we're geeks. We'll no, talk about all sci-fi. Nothing exists in a va- in a vacuum, right? No, it's, yeah. it's definitely all not these shows are, are interrelated thematically and sometimes with the same crews behind them and sometimes, you know, with uh, sometimes one is written to uh, refute another. So uh, <laughs> one other Robert little Duncan. one other little bit that um, is in this episode, I think this is the also the first time we see the insides of a Cylon ship as well since um, Kara actually got oh yeah that's um, true yeah because when some of the ships get sort of ripped open we sort of see all the scuts I mean I again yeah the sort of almost biological bits yeah because I don't think we've seen that since um, the last time um, Thrace was actually trying to get the ship mm-hmm. to work on Galactica if I remember rightly for Cylon Raiders, it's uh, if you shoot us with high-velocity rounds, do we not lead? Now I was just trying to find that um, the Blackbird thing, and I went too far, and <laughs> just thought, "Ooh, Cylon guts!" <laughs> <clears throat> Loading the tone against the other now. So um, anyway, next week, folks, we'll be doing Pegasus. So as we said at the start, Steve's got our social media working again, so you can now. Follow us on Twitter. Um, did you keep the name the same, Steve? I can't remember. Nope, it is now at Frackstars. There you go. So that's our that's our official Twitter thing. So if you do listen and you're on Twitter, give us a follow. Because we haven't been plugging it for so long, it's, it's very small. It's like 30 people. But there you go. <laughs> um, Hollow Sweet Media, also on Twitter. So if you want to follow Hollow Sweet Media, it's also on Twitter. And it's on Facebook as well. So you can join in there. Um, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Twitter and Google Plus at C-O-L-M-H-0-1. Where are you guys? You can catch me at Midnight Shadow 7 and that's night spelt N-I-T-E, and the number 7. You can find me at Drogon1701 on Twitter. That's D-R-O-G-Y-N-1701. And uh, Steve's also fixed the Gmail link, you Steve. I have indeed. So you can now email us, and that is comfrackstars at gmail.com. There you go. See? Go silent to work. <laughs> <clears throat> so if you want to feedback to any of us, uh, any questions, thoughts, suggestions, comments, all gratefully welcome. Um, just chuck any one of us a follow on Twitter. Follow the official Twitter account. Follow Hollowsweet Media. Uh, and as always, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And please do spread the word amongst whatever social media you're on because it all helps. And if you listen on iTunes, if you can give us a five-star review in whatever country you're in because then we show up further up the rankings when someone tops Battlestar into the search bar 
we pop up. So that all helps. So I'd greatly appreciate if you could do any of that. And um, if you've ever got any comments of any of the episodes we're going to cover, um, please email us or get in contact with us um, and just let us know which episode it is and we'll read out your comments as we discuss the um, Battlestar Galactica episode itself. So there you go, folks. So until next time, end of line. Take care, everyone.